Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. In the land of Normor and the fires of podcast doom, the Normie host forged in secret a master podcast to control all others. And into this podcast they perform their takes, observations, and opinions into the one podcast to rule them all. It's the Lords of November and Unexpected December, the Hobbit, the Battle of the Five Armies, are normies like us! You are changed, Thorin. Throw him from the rampart! I'll split his pretty head open! Stand your men down! I'll deal with iron foot in this rabble. I'm so sorry that I have led you into such peril. You aren't going anywhere, Thorin. Why does it hurt so much? Because it was real. You heard it up top. We're back with our six. That's right, six Peter Jackson directed Lord of the Rings film. Because we're talking the third and final The Hobbit film here, The Battle of the Five Armies, with your hosts, um, Colin the Bowman. I don't know. Uh, I'll be Mike in Hosting Shield. Hmm? Uh, Bill Joe Jaggins. <laughs> uh, yeah, and this is uh, uh, Jaco the Dwarf. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to Jake Haug the Dragon. Yes. Jake Haug, yeah, yeah. You're not Reason in this much, though. <laughs> I thought we were going to get Leg Joe last, a final appearance, but. Uh, Leg Joe last. No, I'm done. I figured you got no. to end with the, the mainest of main characters and. Despite them trying to make you think this is a Legolas movie, I'm calling it a Bilbo movie, I guess. There we go. There we go. I would agree with that. But yeah, we've done it. The other five Peter Jackson Middle Earth films, we started with Lord of the Rings, and then now we're on to The Hobbit. We're on the final of the trilogy that you know we've already discussed whether it should have been or not. Um, quick, before we jump into it, I watched the extended. What version do you mm. guys watch? Colin. I watched the one we have on DVD, which is uh, just the theatrical, and um, fell asleep through it three times, I think, and uh, <laughs> am very disappointed. Okay. <laughs> Jacob? Uh, yeah, I just watched the, the theatrical cut, I think, on HBO Max. Yeah. Okay. And Joe, fantasy expert Joe? Uh, yes, that's what they call me. Uh, HBO <laughs> theatrical uh, three attempts as well, so... Three wow, goes. Wow. Okay. It, it's a snorefest, man. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I I managed to not fall asleep through it, but uh, I did it wow. in two shots. But um, <laughs> I did yeah, it in okay. two. Yeah. Um, any general errata regarding the desolation of smog and stuff before we just jump into the final chapter? We just kind of got one story, but any any last little stuff for that, or should we just jump right in? Well, you know what, Mike? Uh, you were very kind in deleting a rambling story I kind of uh, went into last week and realized what had happened this week. Because I was like, oh, what did you guys think of that Avengers moment? You guys are like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. I think I fell asleep through the end of Desolation of Smog and HBO Max started playing this movie because the moment I was talking about was in this movie and we will yes. get to it. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. The Avengers of Middle Earth. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and for the listeners and of the my podcast. Bow. What? <laughs> yes. That, <laughs> it's, um, it's wild. That ramble is on the extended edition that you'll have to fork out $87 <laughs> for the special. <laughs> yeah. Well, get you know, speaking Patreon. of uh, Desolation yeah. of Smog. I think the weirdest Smaug. thing about this movie is the Smaug. way that it starts and the way that mm. it's structured, right? Because it essentially, this movie starts with the end of the last movie that shouldn't have been, like, it ended on a cliffhanger. Uh, it's essentially the climax of the last movie that happens in the beginning of this movie, and then you get the title sequence, and then the movie just keeps going, right? Yeah, I'll tell you what so, this movie started with is a fucking brain aneurysm because there's <laughs> there's no reason that the last one was a cliffhanger. It's this insane. One started it's insane. With like and I, I gotta oh, say, oh, this one to started defend, so um, frustratingly. <laughs> to defend a previous series we did, and and Jake uh, Jacob and I were kind of defending it last episode. Joe, you were saying no book should be split. I I took a look at how the two Deathly Hollow films start. It is a trillion times less jarring than this film that we watched today. Yeah. So I, I don't know, guys. No, I still feel like the, the Deathly Hollows do feel like distinct movies because the first one is kind of more like the road movie where they're just on the road all the time. And then the second one is like the big battle. This one, it's like 
It's like if Helm's Deep ended on a cliffhanger <laughs> and then before started, the battle starts. Yeah, yeah, and then you see the climax of the battle in the beginning of Return of the King, and then the movie just keeps going. That's what it essentially was like. Right. Well, well, this is over Legolas riding on the shield, and it's like you're like, yeah, oh, what? Yeah. Like that's they strange. The and dragon the next one in starts the yeah, two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. We haven't gotten in the episode proper. The Battle of the Five Armies, Battle right. of Four Hosts. We're gonna get into it right now. <laughs> this abrupt, jarring beginning. All of it. We'll dissect it. We'll get under the mountain. I am the king under the mountain. Let's see what's up. We won't part with one single piece. Catch you after this. back it's your hosts uh four greedy dwarves underneath that mountain and uh how on earth did we get here yeah so as i said the beginning of this is kind of messy but we went there and back again what was there in our previous episode <laughs> uh our heroes were met with bayorn a man who can turn into a bear they went through murkwood they got captured by the elves relied some barrels down a river in a very exciting book accurate action scene arrived in lake town and had a very drawn out experience there in a very book accurate action scene then went to the mountain encountered smog and had a very lengthy and book accurate action scene at which point he blames frodo for being a lake man as the barrel rider discovering oh you ride barrels down the river he says lake town's gonna get fricked credits as he flies away and then as jacob is saying you get that climax is kind of the very first thing in this movie so battle of five armies opens with uh lake town yes. versus the dragon more or less the intro is essentially, yeah, the dragon burning Lake Town and then them killing the dragon. He dies, and then there's still two hours left in this movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, here's the fucking strange. problem with this. This movie opens like a shitty, you know, season 11 of a CW show where, <laughs> oh, we need a cliffhanger anger to, an- ending to make sure people come back next season. But we also need to wrap that event up in the first five minutes of the first episode of the next season so we can get into what the story is actually supposed to be about. Right, right. I, I, it, uh, watching it, like, I was screaming at the TV. <laughs> you didn't need a cliffhanger ending. You could have just no. had the movie with Smog in the title. Could have right. just been the Smog movie. You Smog. didn't need this, like, 15-minute opener. No. Why yeah, killing was the dragon. Like Killing the dragon should have been the end of the second movie. They could have cut the whole dwarves in the in the mine yes. sequence, Creating right? A giant cut that gold because that's the that's like yeah, that's like the big third act set piece. Mm-hmm. But cut cut that and just make the dragon the third act set piece, and then just go right into the fucking this movie. Yeah, you know? like you you end off with like Insane. oh, more people will hear of the dread dead dragon and come for the gold. Catch you next time, right? Yeah. Right. Thematically, it would have fucking worked too. It would have made sense. Two Towers ends with that moment where you have the uh, the Smeagol Gollum battle internally, right? Mm. And then it decides, like, okay, I'm gonna be a bad boy now. You could have ended this movie with the same cliffhanger of the dwarfs being corrupted, and it like it, yeah. it would have made sense parallel to like the other trilogy. That's a good idea. Thematically, it would have made sense. It, it, this is like really poor filmmaking to me. Mm. It's insane because yeah, yeah. Thorin's arc is way more important to this movie than the dragon is. So yeah, you oh, could yeah. have ended it with the Thorin kind of turning to greed and evil. Colin, right? what are your thoughts that I'm putting the dragon fight at the beginning of this instead of the other movie? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's exactly what you guys are saying. It is shocking that it's poor filmmaking from a guy who's, like, a genius. But it's, we've said... But the guy who's, like, corporate. making this movie under duress, basically. Yes. Yeah. So he, you yeah. know, he's giving less effort, I think. Even though he is trying, it's just, he, the passion's not there. So but you, you I, I look don't even at know if it's that. I just feel story. like he's got no fight left in him. You yeah. know what I mean? I feel like he's like, okay... Whatever you want, studio. I'm I'm in too deep to leave now. I yeah. think that's kind of what we're dealing with, unfortunately. Um, you know, I appreciate you guys um, watching all of these, and um, I gotta say, <laughs> this is my favorite of the trilogy. Wow! wow. <laughs> Dragon at the beginning, notwithstanding. When all was said and it done, might be- I ended up enjoying this the most, and I'll get into it as we get there. But somehow, this is yeah. my favorite. Oh. 
I might feel the same way. I mean, I think each one of these was more entertaining than the last one to me, as much as I'm shitting on it. But here's what I'll say about it. You know, most of this movie looks more like a video game cutscene than a movie. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of it is just pure, like, fan, uh, you know... Uh, service and... Fan service. Yeah, yep. that's what I was trying to think of. These are the positives. A lot of fan service in here. <laughs> no. Uh, but yet, but yet, Caveats. I still enjoyed it, and I thought it was very entertaining, even though it's a bad movie. It's The battle scenes are entertaining in a video game cutscene kind of way. <laughs> I think it right? is a, an awful movie. I don't think <laughs> bad is, is strong enough of a word. They yeah. lose like the goofy tone mm. entirely, and like just trade it for like Shakespeare in the Park level performances. I think everyone in this movie is really bad. I don't think there is a single yes. standout. I one hundred percent agree with that. And Joe, I, I want to jump on that too and say I think Lee Pace is disastrous to this movie <laughs> as the Elf King. Wow. Like completely. Oh, and I thought we were going to come in fully acknowledging. This is the worst Lord of the Rings movies ever made, guys. This this third <laughs> this one. I am yeah. shocked by you. Two. I don't know. I think I liked it better than the <sighs> second one, and I like the second one better than the first one. Like I said, it's all fan service, but I think I'm more susceptible to the fan service, and I'm like just kind of nerding I guess, out. I guess you know, it's a, maybe it's, I, you know I'm not a fan, so I was not right. serviced. So to all. follow the the you know analogy, this is the Revenge of the Sith of these movies. And that was the best prequel. I think this might be the best. It doesn't. It does not translate. It does not work. So the second one, there was so much added filler and unnecessary stuff because I'm talking from the book and I did finish the audio book where it's like they can't just float down the river in the barrels. They have to have a fight when it happens. They can't, you know, like it's always got to be something more. And it was like, this is just too much. This, regardless of the dragon and it is extended. Most of the movie is focused on the key relationship between Bilbo and Thorin. And that is very much a thing in the book. And that's what I like mm. the most is, I guess, that stuff. Is seeing Thorin kind of get corrupted, Bilbo having to get the Arkenstone and go do the thing. Like, that's right. all stuff from the book. And it's maybe a little stretched out, but not nearly as bad as the second movie. And it's more book accurate See, I, in its themes. Mm. Yeah, I think my problem with that, though, is, like, it's too fucking late for me to care about that. Like, it's mm, yes. too late. You can't just be like, oh, it's the third movie, and now this relationship actually matters when it didn't matter in the last two movies. Mm. Two main characters die in this film, and like Joe said, they're not main characters because of how this franchise treats them. How dare you even act like there's any weight or importance to that happening? True, Well, true. I would say... Out of all the doors, right, Keeley was probably the most second most developed after it's Thorin. Only because you know what he looks like. <laughs> only because you can yeah. zero in on Which like one he is, is a dude. Keeley's I just I I'm able to oh, differentiate yeah. the door more than so you guys are thinking. I don't want to hear it. Too. I, 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 like why why did that happen? Why this is like the most like nihilistic Hobbit movie or Lord of the Rings movie too. Like, not only do they not care about anything happening, but bad things happen to everyone. Like, That's what they get. I, I don't. I don't know, man. I, I I struggle to find anything redeeming about this one. I I, think, I truly thought this one was a slug to get through. Wow. Um. I think I liked it maybe for different reasons. Than Mike liked it because I feel like so much of this movie didn't isn't from the books. There's a lot of stuff that isn't in the books that they kind of develop. And uh, I liked it because I didn't know what was going to happen next. It's like, <laughs> oh, there's like a whole Avengers of Middle Earth scene. Sure, why not? Oh, Legolas <laughs> and uh, Tariel go to on a side mission. Sure, okay, sure. whatever. <laughs> I was just along for the ride, I guess. I don't know. That's all the stuff you can miss me with. Anything that's like Tariel or like there's a second orc army and it's like... Yeah, that's, Bezog, which oh, we, we learned his name. We should say Mike joked about what his name was and then literally they say in this, get Bezog. I was like, no fucking way. That's like no, bold. his name is Bold. But it's still yeah. basically oh, four letters. I like Bezog B. better. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing yeah. about Bezog. He, he is in the book. <laughs> Um, he he is like the son, or the, he's the grandson of Azog, who killed, you know, they, whatever his granddad. But here's the good thing: 
You know how uh, Bayorn jumps off an eagle and turns into a bear and, you know, starts fighting? Awesome. He doesn't do that in <laughs> oh, the book, do I? but he does show up and he kills Bezog in the book. So, oh, cool. Oh, okay. So, Bayorn kills Bezog. And, I think, yeah. I don't know if I like this in a almost so bad it's good kind of way where I'm just like, whatever zany thing happens next. <laughs> like when the dwarf cousin of Thorin comes in and he's like computer oh, animated Zane? instead oh, of a real person. <laughs> Why? I was losing oh. my shit. I was like, what is happening? If you yeah, like see, movies about... <laughs> I guess go. Yeah. The, the second one, I think they balance the like goofy like fart joke nature of the first one with like the badass you know video game cutscenes. This one like it's not goofy enough for me. Mm. Like it, it should right. have been goofier. No, they went for like an epic tone like Return of the King or something. Uh but you know, you just don't care about anything really that's happening. Like I think the best arc was the Thorin arc, but at the beginning he's just a piece of shit and the dwarves like ruining these people's lives in Lake Town and then won't even like try to you know, make amends with them by paying them or anything like that. They're just like, fuck you. It's like the door. You're the bad guys. Like you're, you're bad guys. Oh yeah. <laughs> they are. And to, to gleefully, uh, uh, call out when, uh, when, uh, Bard says, well, we did get our payment. And, and Thorin goes, we didn't pay you. We didn't pay you. It's <laughs> you like, nothing. yeah, that's the whole issue, you fool. <laughs> yeah, you're being mm-hmm. bad people. And that is, like, they don't call it dragon sickness, but he does become just an asshole out of nowhere. And it is yeah. funny because even in the book or whatever, it's like the dwarves really don't do shit. Like, they just show up and then they go outside. Bilbo sends the dragon out. Bard kills it. And they're like, hell yeah, we killed it. It's like, you guys didn't do anything. You literally didn't do anything. Basically Home Alone, Mike. It's it's nine idiots inside the biggest castle on the planet going like, well, your armies can't get in here. Who even cares if it's just the nine of us? And then like Jacob said, they get lucky that a digital Scottish comedian appears. <laughs> on a pig. Yes. I say if this if you are into people riding different animals instead of horses, animal mounts. This is the movie for you, dude. <laughs> the deer looked you got dope. Elk. I'll give me paste that. It looked yeah. dope. You got a pig, you got goats, you got an elk deer thing. <laughs> it's gotta be Amazing. hard to swing a sword or fight with those antlers in front of you though. It can't be the most practical mount. No, but then you see combat. it like rams Maybe. people and shit. Yeah. It's like, like Miyazaki. I kind it's of like, like some Ashitaka. of the True. Yeah, some of the over-the-top battle sequences I thought were really cool. Again, in a video game cutscene kind of way where it's like, oh, this isn't a real movie, but this is like entertaining to watch, I guess. All right, so I have a question then. I have the extended cut, and I think this was an extended scene because we said, I've been saying these are not kids' movies. Some of you have argued against that. My Mm. cut of the film had them on that goat chariot with spikies on the sides go off a ramp and decapitate six trolls in one go three on either side three decapitations left three decapitations right i don't think so blood i can't remember but there's so many different action scenes um i like the one where the the dwarves are attacking and then they're like oh with the elves what are they doing and he's like thrandil come on you piece of shit and then they jump over the dwarves that was kind of like an epic moment i was like okay that's pretty cool uh, again, in a video game kind of way. Like, if I saw that in a video game, I'd be like, oh, this is a pretty good Lord of the Rings video All game. All right, but we got to ask the tough questions here, but that's Jacob. not what this is. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Legolas mm. on rocks falling. Good or bad? <laughs> well, he does... People forget that, like, he does physics-defying shit in Lord of the Rings a lot. Like, the time when he jumps on a horse, you know... Swings like, himself up jumps it. around. Yeah, it's like... It maybe looked kind of silly, but there are some silly moments in the Rings. We don't think where that the force shit. of him to jump would equal the force to push a rock also down. I, I, well, we can see that he can walk on snow that's without what I was like, you'd bring sinking okay, into it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest with you guys. The it. only Legolas <laughs> moment I want to talk about is the end of. Oh. Here's this character's name. You need to go babysit this character. And to Jacob's Strider. point, that is the revenge of the Sith moment of <laughs> Quagon's alive. Yes, go talk to him. We must do whatever. Like it, it fucking sucks. And Aragorn's probably like what twelve years old, but he's already known as Strider in yeah. the wild at this point. It, ridiculous. I think he would have been like twenty because if he was eighty or whatever in Lord of the Rings, and this is sixty years prior. I thought he was sixty. So he would have been maybe. In- yeah. I don't have my numbers exactly. I don't have them exactly. My favorite thing is just out of nowhere, Thranduil says to Legolas, your mother loved you. 
It's like, okay. Mike, right. Mike, when His I say that, yeah. brings is up the for the first time that's in this what movie. I'm talking about. See, that's a terrible line. Ridiculous. But personally, he kind of grew on me. I'm like, I just love how sassy Thranduil is. He's just like, hmm, how charming. You're going to well, attack. He's so, he has a shit-eating grin. The winds of a winter yeah. morning, whatever that line that he says, it's like, what are you saying right now? I do like him in some scenes, but it feels like he's different in other like he didn't go through any kind of arc but he's just different at the end where he's like invalidating Toriel's love for uh Keely but then at the end she's like why does it hurt so much and then he's like because it was real it's like you just said it wasn't real like 20 minutes ago he's just a soundboard (laughs) for characters to change at the end of the movie who like you said have no deserved reason to Mm -hmm. (laughs) right but it's just like he, he didn't go through any kind of arc. He's just like, oh, I guess it was a real love. Stupid. Yeah. Well, you know, they they hint that like he's kind of cold and whatever ever since Legolas's mother died. So for him to throw that line yes. out there is stupid and contrived and stupid, but it's something. But I don't think it's good, though. And then, you know, Legolas and Toriel go on that side mission to uh, discover another army. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what that place is called, but uh, it doesn't matter. But oh, then he's like, Tall "Oh, Rocks. my mother to, died here." They go to Tall Rocks <laughs> to fight the 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 army that's good at being an army. Which is yeah, like, they go yeah. to Mad Fort. Oh, and then like that's when Legolas really like, upside down. Have a bunch of way to, yes. way to like have a bunch of bad guys and then immediately invalidate them as a threat at all by being like. Well, those sure. aren't like the, the really hard ones. Legolas and Tortellini, they're gonna go fight the real hard <laughs> ones. Like everyone else is just kinda like filler, so don't don't worry about them. I would count that as a sixth army as well, for the record. Just because they're two hey, orc fair. armies. It's not one force. <laughs> that doesn't um, yeah, if you guys aren't all mixing together, don't mix the bad guys together. Um, no. let's jump yeah, back to and the, they're very different. The, Let's jump back to the Dwarf Dwarves. Uh, We haven't really talked or brought him up, but Joe, I want to ask you directly. Richard Armitage is the name of the the British actor who plays the lead one, Aragorn Dwarf, a.k.a. Thorin Oakenshield. Now, this is what I want to ask you. His name has come up on the short list for every character you can imagine. James Bond, but also for the replacements of Ben Affleck's Batman and Wolverine. Mm. Do you like mm. this guy? Do you want to see this guy in any of these other big roles? I don't know. I think this script is so poorly written. It's hard to get a judge of like how he could do anything. Because, I mean, it feels like the direction in this one in particular was like, okay, and now you're bad. You're a bad guy <laughs> in like a 1950s. Like if he had a different kind of mustache, I think he would have been twirling it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, I don't yeah. mind him in the second one. I think when I think like Wolverine too, like him in the bar with Gandalf at the opening of the second movie, like I could kind of see like, you know, a Canadian attitude there. Um, I like that. I don't know. I don't well, know. That, to me, that's kind of like a, like a Jeremy Renner almost, you know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah, we need a new uh, born identity guy. Let's just throw in this dude. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Maybe. It's hard. I think this movie is like so bad, and I it's not because he's a bad actor. It's just like no, just everything class. else. Is I do so think bad. some of the best scenes are with him and Bilbo showing their relationship in the beginning, where like you can still see that Bilbo considers him a friend, but he's like concerned about him because of his sudden like change in demeanor. But it's almost like he's he's under the power of the ring, but it's not the ring. It's just a bunch of other <laughs> yeah. Riches. That's what they want you to think. Right. There's a parallel to these kind of obsession. Yeah, but it's like the ring is supposed to be special, so it like makes the ring less special because it's like, oh, I guess regular gold can also do that. Well, only if there's yeah. been a dragon on it. Just feels so it. tired. <laughs> it just feels so yeah. tired. Like if you would have, so what you should have done is you, you kill Smog in the end of the second one, mm-hmm. and then you set the cliffhanger of like that weird kind of voice effect that they were doing for the dragon sickness. This is also a movie where like. I, I could not tell you what the fuck was going on 90% of the movie. <laughs> no. This was the movie that I could follow the least. Because it was like, half of it was like really weird visual and audio effects over video game scenes. And like, I had no <laughs> idea what the fuck was going on. 
Yeah. I feel like they had a decent job of establishing the geography of the battle. And I mean, all that really happens is they kill a dragon, give us our shit. No. Okay. We're going to fight. Now there's another enemy. Let's fight them. Sorry. I was a jerk. You know, why does it hurt so much? Again, I really like the, uh, (laughs) I really like the battle formations and all that stuff. I was following that pretty well. Uh, but again, it feels like they're trying to one up Return of the King, and it's like, oh, they have all these new kinds of like orcs and trolls and shit, and it's like you can't like oh. Return of the King was supposed to be, like the biggest battle of all time, and now you're trying you to even get the ghosts again. Like you yeah. even get like the same thing again, just shitty. You get Dune sandworms all of a sudden. It's like where did these guys? Yeah, they come were not from? in the book. Uh, do you remember the big <laughs> troll that has a little guy riding on him, and the the way they steer him is by pulling chains <laughs> on his eyeballs. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> and then and then Boffer gets on it and saves the day um, by pulling on the eyeballs of a sentient creature. This is a kid's movie. I don't know if that was an extended. I don't know about that. Oh, I but, don't remember uh, that part of it. I do remember seeing that type of troll. I'll say this: there are like, trolls that are like there's an extended trolls. chase scene. I yeah. think Boffer ends up saving them when they're on the wagon. That's an extended. Oh, I wish I would have seen just, that. Yeah. My, my mind wandered so much while doing it. I was on my phone. I was looking up what those new. Lord of the Rings video games look like and it does look like you fight a lot of those enemy types and stuff I almost wonder if they like created them for that purpose and then they also make toy casts yeah right good pull triple dude they had like battering ram trolls they had catapult trolls I kind of like the different inventive ways they were doing battle stuff but again it's like uh, they're just trying to one up return of the king but yeah I was Jacob, entertained. Too. I love when the red stormtroopers show up in Rise of the Skywalkers. They don't do anything. I, I just, you're right. I right, love what they, they look red. like. The Knights of Ren also. Yeah. Right, right, right. Never do anything. But. No, no, but they look yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Again, there is a large portion of this that is battle, and that's. I'm still like least interested in that stuff, even in the other films. Like, I'm more interested in all the character stuff, and so that's why it's like. Thorin telling his dudes to throw Bilbo off the rampart works for me, even if he had resolved that character arc in Unexpected Journey. And then it's like, oh, he needs to be an asshole again, you know. So it is inconsistent, I guess, looking at the films in a vacuum. And I guess because I listened to the book, I was like to see, oh, that's how they adapted that part from the book that makes more sense in the book. But in a vacuum, it's just three (laughs) movies. I bet, yeah, it's fucking all over the place. Yeah. yeah. How do you how do you make it th- three movies long and still not get moments right? You know what I mean? Like, mm. how can you add so much and like still manage to take something away from what makes it special? Yeah, it's a unique challenge, but you know, never underestimate studio interference. You know? Oh yeah, or just your mind wandering of like, well, you know, what if Gandalf had a detective story where like he's going to discover Sauron, and you just like. Man, I, like you just got to imagine someone raising their hand in the meeting, going like, "I'm I'm here on page you know 250 of the book, and it's almost over, and there's just none of that, Peter. I just don't know if we need any of that, man." How's it going to get to three hours? Um, here's the thing: <laughs> um, there, there's some things too, like that they get taken out. For example, you know, Bard somehow sees the dragon has a hole in his chest, right? But in the book, there's a bird. <sighs> that's knocking on the snails that tells him where the keyhole is. He follows Bilbo into the dragon cave and he's there during the conversation and he sees the little hole in the armor, right? So then Bilbo tells the bird, hey, go tell the, warn the lake people, smog's coming. This is fucked, right? When smog flies out. So they can like talk to birds and the bird tells Bard, hey, shoot him in the chest. And it's like, okay. But that's that's not dumb. The, The dwarves can talk to ravens and they say, hey, go get my cousin. That's not that. That's right. too dumb. We're cutting that. But we'll have a man riding a pig, and go. They didn't have yeah. the ravens. They just didn't explain that they were what sending a message. Really. They just show a raven. Yeah. So it's like that's something you could have easily done. Even Game the ravens are like, I was into it. No. You also include yeah. the whole fucking wizard, whose thing is that he talks to animals. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, you could have just because <laughs> yeah. even the ravens are like. Hey, Thorin, you're kind of being a dick. You know, if you keep doing this, they're probably going to kill you. And he's like, just fucking go tell my cousin. And they're like, all right, dude, try to, try to warn you. And 
You know, and then his cousin no shows up. Aragorn dwarf, only Zool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mike, a uh, question to you, because again, my mind was just wandering during this movie, and I just could not care less to talk about it. That's fine. Um, I, did, did you ever play a dwarf in Dungeons and Dragons? I, I did, actually. Now, not in D&D, in Baldur's Gate and some other games like that. Mm, yeah, interesting. Yeah. And uh, World of Warcraft, I played a dwarf, so... Interesting. Mm, yeah, it's a yeah, story yeah. race. I'll be, in my opinion, you know, the the dwarf cleric character is maybe more standard and more common than Jacob saying of the uh, elf ranger. But, you know, I don't mm. know. Yeah, the dwarf cleric dwarf or kind cleric. of tank. Yeah, that makes sense. And the human warrior, right? Which there's some yeah, of those. In yeah, this. exactly. And this movie yeah, just we were has playing, all that. Uh, again, I was just watching it in that lens again. Just going like, sure, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of dwarf clerics, we played Baldur's Gate 3, Mike and I, with... Uh, Chris, mm-hmm. guest on the show, right? And he was a dwarf cleric, if I remember correctly. Yep, and you were an elf ranger. There we go. That's right. <laughs> Thorin, Thorin Oakenbeard. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Guys, uh, yeah. Do you, the only thing I could really think while watching this is like, wow, we did it wrong. We should have started with this. Like, <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. I would have enjoyed. <laughs> yeah, like, like, like ending. If we were talking about Return of the King right now, and it'd be like, whew. Think about how far we came from oh. from the, the shitty, you know, Hobbit movie to this but like, you wouldn't actual have the context. ending. No, That's you wouldn't right. have the context of like Lord of the Rings is so good. Now let's watch this shitty version. The of reason it. I proposed <laughs> well, you, this wouldn't, order. you wouldn't get the payoff. Yeah, I thought yeah. we would never make it to Return of the King if we started with this. We just <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. the podcast. That's, I don't know if I would have. Joe yeah. would be like, I'm done with this but shit. But now here we are, <laughs> you know, in the Lonely Mountain, looking back, wishing we were back in our hobbit holes, enjoying just potatoes. But no, this is what we have. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah. kidding. Uh, Waking up from three naps where I've fallen asleep watching this, and each time, <laughs> is it Pippin singing the credits music that I keep yes. waking up to? Billy that Boyd, is yes. mind-blowing, guys. Every time I'm like, wow! Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, listen, oh, I thought of something nice to say. Oh, please. I thought of something nice to say. Uh, it it just ended at some point. That was good. Like, uh, you know, like the adventure <laughs> ends, the you know? Ending. And then they were like, it was him walking back to the Shire. And I was like, all right, well, maybe credits will roll over this, you know? Like, maybe credits will just start rolling while he's walking back to town. And then you see all the people with his uh, shit and they're selling it off. And I was like, oh, hey, no. <laughs> oh no! Are we setting up for like another forty-five minutes in the Shire? Because I will lose my shit if you spend another I, I forty-five minutes speech, in the Shire. But I hated that part. But instead, you get just a little, you know, like, uh, oh, we didn't think you were coming back. Nice little funny moment, and then you, right. you jump in time, and the movie just ended. Like, and again, that is in the so books too. That and so good on you. The part yeah, where he goes back and some of stuff from the books. Yeah, yeah, they're selling all this shit. Very funny. Which because he's of the been race. gone like a year, so they think he's dead. Sure. Yeah, and it's a nice bit. You think you're going to go home to your cozy house? Up oh, one more obstacle. Um, <laughs> the Saxville Bagginses. Yeah, they're yeah. they're name dropped. Um, but then they cut the scor- scourging scouring of the Shire from the Lord of the Rings mm. films, which I think is a better thing to cut because then they can just go home after their journey, and it's like everything's fine, right? Instead of Saruman, yeah, and Lord of the Rings, that like Saruman shows up in the Shire, and they they and, to like, fight they him off, and it's they got to do one yeah. more battle, right? <laughs> yeah, which that's, that's what Peter Jackson would have done <laughs> if he made these in reverse order. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, there's two things I want to talk about, right? If I, w- I want to talk about Tariel real quick to go back to her again, <laughs> you got thirty oh, seconds. <laughs> no, well, there's a fun hey, fact. Get your so hands I saw off my little a- rock, Jacob. You keep reaching in my pocket. Please put it back. <laughs> There's an interview with, with her, Evangeline uh, Lilly, where she says, uh, the only reason I d- agreed to do this role under one condition, that I wouldn't be in a love triangle. Because in Lost, she was famously in a love triangle <laughs> with, with Sawyer, Jack, Jack and Sawyer. Oh, yeah. let's so she's break like, that, I don't okay. put me in another love triangle. <laughs> Originally, I guess she wasn't in a love triangle, but then the studio was like, we'd really like it if, you know, maybe she was in a love triangle, and then all of a sudden she is. So... Again, studio interference That's, there. But. It's like they were like, we'd really like it if everyone compromised everything about themselves <laughs> really? to make this movie. Like, that's yeah. what gives us power, is is the compromise yeah. of artists. Well, I guess they're going for like mass it. appeal, right? And they think, oh, we need women to see this. Oh, the only way women are going to see it is if there's like a stupid Romance fucking love plot. triangle. That's how studios think, of course. But uh, 
No, it's stupid. It is stupid. The studio betrayed so many people in these. And I, and again, I feel bad for Peter Jackson. I feel bad for Evangeline Lee. I feel bad for Ian McKellen. I feel bad for the dwarves. <laughs> they thought that they were going to be mm-hmm. like a major part and all be characterized and fleshed out nope. and have relationships. The studio said, no, screw that. They betrayed everybody. The entire country of New Zealand got betrayed. It, yeah. throughout the making and then of this. Peter Jackson's just in the middle of it all trying to hold it together, but he's yeah. kind and of I keep thinking about the labor says. law stuff Mike said. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, you watch yeah. these and you're just like, oh, God, you make me feel sick, The Hobbit. The, uh, the Lord yeah, of the Rings. Usually when ahead. you watch a bad movie, like, it's just a bad movie. No one's hurt. You know, it is what it is. It's just a bad movie. Like, no, this this one's like offensive and, and ruined lives. <laughs> in a, um, yeah, in a vacuum, a bad movie is just somebody making it didn't really know what they were doing but this is a studio who knows exactly what it's doing making terrible decisions on purpose and that's like the most offensive part about it but if i can talk about another scene yes we have mentioned uh the avengers of middle earth showing up (laughs) and rescuing gandalf right oh uh, you are not alone you've got help (laughs) do 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 tony stark what are you yep. doing here? And Radagast is there too, right? And Rack and Raccoon. Get him yeah, out of there. Yeah, we get, uh, you know, Saruman, we get Galadriel, we get uh, Elrond. Uh, All versus This is something Sauron. that, again, yeah, my 12-year-old self watching the prequels would think was cool. Like Yoda flipping around, fighting. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I see man. Elrond doing elf battles and stuff. But, I mean, it doesn't really, I mean, it kind of... I feel like cheapens the whole Lord of the Rings brand to a certain degree. Uh, And yet, if I was 12, I would probably love it. Stick to your metaphor. It's the Palpatine Yoda fight. It's it's that final one where you're like, I've always wondered what it would be like if the biggest badasses met. And then you're like... Oh, I don't want to watch Hugo weaving like wave a sword around. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. Man. And there's like a weird romance angle with like Gandalf and uh, Galadriel where yeah. it's like, what was that what about? That you know, about? She's like married in Lord of the Rings. Like it doesn't make any sense, but. Is she? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, she's married to the elf king of Lothlorien who doesn't really but get mentioned wrong? in Lord of the Rings. No, no, he's really. No, no, no. That's a different. Yeah, that's different. A different. They show him in Lord of the Rings, but they don't really guys. name. They don't show his name, I guess. I don't know. He's more of a character in the book. He though. exists somewhere, yeah. Yeah. She wears the pants. But yeah, and then, it, and then at the end, she's like, oh, her, because she has that freak out scene where she scares Sauron away, then they're like, oh, her health is failing. Take her to Lothlorien. Yeah, that's right. So it's yeah. all okay. more prequel shit. Did you, right? did you like seeing Sauron? Did you like seeing the classic look, the flaming eye, the, the nine uh, riders? Yeah. Mike is furiously cool. shaking his head now. <laughs> it's weird because I'm saying this is my favorite one. Oh, I hate that. And I hate seeing the writers like, oh, this is what they looked like before they were Nazgul. I'm like, but we're only 60 years away from Nazgul. Like, they should have been well along this transformation. Right. He still shouldn't be looking like an Easterling the right now. The King of Angmar. I don't know. Yeah. There's like a spear I liked guy in the second movie. Like, no. The visuals in the second movie was cool when it was like his silhouette that turns into the flaming eye. That's good visuals, I thought, but... It was still the silhouette. Yeah. Anyway, it was it's dumb. Anything nah, with the yeah, wizard becomes like, like, like the pupil of the eye. Like, like someone threw out a pokeball and it was like, and big glowing eyes, you're here now. <laughs> it's just whose speaker yeah. can turn up louder. It's just like, and ah, It's like, oh, Galadriel <laughs> had that moment in Fellowship where she freaked out. Let's have her do that again and like scare Sauron away, Dark. basically. <laughs> Get spooked. Get spooked. Yeah, he just got real spooked. Yeah. Oh, man, not a fan, not a fan. All right, here's, here's probably what we could do now. Is we could take a second, mention mm. anything one like anything you liked, anything you didn't like about this movie in particular, and then we'll just kind of talk about the, series, the, the whole set before we do final, final thoughts. Because I think everything's like kind of melding together, right? So, um, yeah. as for me, probably my favorite scene in this is, uh, spoiler alert, when Thorne is dying. Um, he's able mm. to get revenge on Azog, and then Bilbo's there, you know, I, I wish to part from you in friendship, you know, and... I take back my words at the gate, you know, that whole thing. It's the repeat of the fucking I shall never doubt you from Unexpected Journey. It's just done well. And that's a a relationship I like. And I guess that's my favorite part. It's almost like he 
Yeah, he learns his lesson in the second one and then forgets it because he has got the dragon sickness <laughs> and then has to learn it again. Ooh, <laughs> like, I got the oh, dragon sickness. Don't, don't you get the dragon sickness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Bilbo has to remind him who he was, you know, his honor and all that, which I do like that part of it. Like, that's the best arc of this movie for sure. Um, well, the tone we wanted yeah. from the beginning was Misty Mountain Cold when they're singing in his house. Then there's a bunch of goofy yeah. extra shit and wizards running around playing Avengers. And then we get back to, you know, with Thorin's death, you know, when she dies in the book. And I guess that's the stuff but that then works even best that, for me. Even that death scene is one-upped by showing Keeley afterwards and Tariel mourning Keeley. It's like that happens after they show uh, Thorin Did they dying. show so the like, funeral in the theatrical cut? Thorin, Keeley, and no. Feely all on their... No. Why would no. you cut that? That's important stuff. Oh, the end is so weird, too. Like, when Bilbo leaves the dwarves, he just kind of is like sneaks out. He talks to... Ellen. Ballin, I wasn't going to say goodbye then, to anybody. <laughs> We're going to say goodbye yeah. to you, though. <laughs> and then you just see a group shot of them. Most of the yeah. dwarves don't even say anything. They're just yeah. standing there. It's like, oh, these are the other dwarves that we don't care about. Um, it's well, kind of no insulting. Bed to, to jump yeah. on. Some of them it's will die in Moria, though. No rings without a bed. <laughs> yeah. You can't do your yeah. cast thing. But yeah, they so they cut the funeral. They, they have a funeral for all three of them, and it's like really somber. And then mm. you see that they return... Um, Glamdring, or is it Or Orchrist? Is his sword the faux hammer, the yeah, elven sword, which right. was taken from him when he was captured? Right. It's on his body. Right, right. In you know, Thranduil gives him that sword. A fine right. blade. Yeah, and they bury him with the Arkham And you stone. see that in the fight because right because I think Legolas has that sword in the fight, and then it gets transferred. Oh, that's to how Thorin he gets it because Legolas brought that Orcris. Climax fight. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I oh, think so. Stupid. I, and he, he like throws, throws it to him. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, right. he, he doesn't throw it to him. He throws it to kill a. He's out of arrows, so he just throws oh, right, a sword yeah. uh, through like a big bag, and then Thorin like takes it. I would have thrown a dagger yeah. and kept a sword if I was Legolas, but you know, <laughs> yeah, first time Legolas has because ever because then ran he immediately takes the two daggers <laughs> out. Like, oh okay, yeah, I think that's the first time Legolas has ever ran out of arrows. But I figure he would uh, keep a good count. But he's so distraught over Tariel, yeah. his one true love, who we never hear about <laughs> But I again. like that final fight scene with, like, Azog and Thorin and all that stuff on the ice and everything. And then mm. he, like, goes into the ice and you think he's dead and then he jumps out. And, uh, yeah. I wish he right. would have stayed underwater and just died the first time and we didn't get a fake out. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Not worth it. Uh, no. If we're saying favorite parts, I'll, I'll give my final mm-hmm. for, for this film in particular and say Martin Freeman does earn and deserve the ending of this film. You know, when he looks so touched by the journey at the end where he's having the conversation with Gandalf and Gandalf says, you know, watch out about using magic rings. He is portraying the energy of, I don't want to go home from summer camp. This was the best time of my life, even though I was so scared to leave mom and dad at first. And uh, I I think Mm -hmm. that's great. It's interesting to contrast his feelings at the end of this with Frodo in Return yes. of the King, where he can't even go back to his former PTSD life because he's so changed. Versus, yeah, the the savoring. You're so right, yeah. Jacob. Mm-hmm. Bilbo seems to be more into adventuring, really, than because I mean, Frodo's was so hard, you know. But what he and went what, through. And so, what is that in the J.R.R. Uh, metaphor? It's like you know, uh, Frodo served in the army and like saw the front lines, and then Bilbo was like the Coast Guard or something <laughs> almost. Where it's like, I had a great time in the war. What are you talking about, man? Adventure. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of helped out. Bilbo comes back. He's got his mithril. He's got his new sword. Everything. The elves and dwarves love him. Like he's he's kind of a hero. Well, I don't know for exactly, but you know, Tolkien was in the Battle of the Somme, which is one of the bloodiest battles in World War One history. It's like months long. Just England itself lost over four hundred thousand people. Uh, the battle itself took over a million lives. Um, and wow. there's descriptions in the book of the enemy hanging banners of red and black, you know, brings up Third Reich uh, iconography, right? World War One. Mm-hmm. Um, so he lost three of his four friends in that. So he but he got sick and was able to be sent home. And that's probably why he survived that battle Jesus. at all. So and that's why he has Bilbo knocked, knocked out because he didn't participate the in the great battle. Right. Wow. He just helped wow. get him there. Wow. So, uh and then he's able to go home That's and be comfortable, wild. right? And write his books. Yeah. And speaking of Bilbo, you know, like you said, Martin Freeman, I think a strength of this series was actually the casting. Like, yeah. 
uh, as good as Lord of the Rings casting was, I think Bilbo was the, I mean, Martin Freeman was the perfect Bilbo, just like Elijah Wood was the perfect Frodo. I think even the casting of Evangeline Lilly and the dwarves, like, it's all well done. Like, they look their parts, I think. Yeah, it's strips. just the material they have to work with. Yeah. And I, I do, um, on, on Bilbo, you know, this film series has a stronger sense of main character than Lord of the Rings because it's more about the ensemble. Agreed. This is more on just those mm-hmm. main two and then a lot of diversion filler. But when we're on those main two, that's that's when it's good. Yeah. And for me, favorite stuff in this movie, like even all the stuff that we're saying is dumb, like I still enjoyed it in the way that like I enjoy uh, the Star Wars prequels, even though I don't think they're good movies. Although I think Revenge of the Sith is a better movie than this, but mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> all that dumb shit, Absolutely. you know, the Avengers, it's it's stupid, but like I did enjoy watching. I didn't fall asleep, you know. I can't complain too much. Maybe I'm just easy to please. I don't know. So you said one nice thing. I don't know if you have another one, but if you do, now is the time. <laughs> I, I, I really don't know if I have another one, to be honest. I, Martin Freeman Not did a, lot a fine of dragon job. in this movie. <laughs> Uh, like, like they, they did they kept the dragon to a minimum I mean, you're praising the casting I don't think there's a single draw to a, a, an outsider in this movie is Martin Freeman a, a draw for people mm. to go to the movies to see Martin Freeman in them but where's the no, I just no. think he was a good Bilbo I mean yeah, yeah I yeah. think he did a good job but like I don't I don't know I don't know Brad Pitt I as I did like him. I did. She I did like the ending honestly. too. Like, <laughs> I do think they. I think. I think they wrapped it up to put a bow on it, and like they end it in such a nice way that I kind of forget how awful three fourths of it was. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, okay. It, it kind of makes you want to watch Fellowship, like right when it's yeah. over. Like it kind of right. is the power to it. I guess that was the point yeah, of it's all the three prequel of these setting movies. up. Yeah. Just, <laughs> oh, Galadriel's going to Lothlorien. Oh. Uh, Legolas right, is right. going to look for a mysterious Strider. Uh, ranger Strider. named Strider. <laughs> but yeah, it's his true name you have to discover for yourself. It's like, what does that even oh, mean? Like, Aragorn's name wasn't really a secret. Jacob. I mean, they even said he's the son of Aragorn. Aragorn. <laughs> and they only call him Strider yeah. for like one scene anyway. It's like... Right. Yeah, we, and, we already talked about yeah, it. Yeah. I, I buy so little into that threshold in those films. So to, to do it in this one, jeez. Okay, so and you have Saruman you know, saying... Leave Sauron to me. And he's like, good Saruman. But you know what that's setting Here's up, a question. Right? Does so. he already know? Is he already in contact with Sauron at this point? I would rather see that story years. than what they showed mm. me. It's like, oh. I think Christopher Lee was playing it like he was good Saruman because he always wanted I to be Gandalf. So and he wanted to be a yeah. good wizard. Yeah, So he wanted to nice. show a contrast, yeah. you know. But yeah, eventually we'd know he gets turned by Sauron. Yeah, I would like the idea. Nice. I mean... He does Dooku fighting in this. We see scenes where there's a stunt double with long, a long white wig whose head is completely yeah. away from the camera the whole time. I mean, it's wild. And I mean, he's several, you know, several years later he would oh, he would die. He's, right? he's twenty years older, Jacob. Yeah, but he's probably yeah, like. I, I think he died like a few years after now. this movie. Like it, yeah. this might have been yeah. one of his last oh, roles ever because God, I, I don't know what year he died, but yeah. yeah. God. Yeah, cut all those scenes, please. But if you're going to do that, I would rather no, see him like him. already in cahoots with him and like pulling a fast one on Galadriel and Gandalf, like showing the seeds of his deception. That's a much more interesting prequel bait than Radagast with shit on his head. Getting Gandalf out of there. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Hey, I think me. they just wanted Remember to show I was in the first one. I'm in one yeah. second to the book. They uh, just wanted to show Saruman as like the proper leader of the wizards. Yeah, which, which I understand the wizards that council too. is really just him and Gandalf and Radagast and two yeah. other blue wizards that we don't know their name. But yeah, I got too high. All right, so let's <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. open it up to the franchise thoughts here. You know, not necessarily that we're we're saying we're done done talking to Lord of the Rings because we might be doing another episode. We'll see, listeners, Ooh, on, on some other us. content. But uh, just on the Peter Jackson journey we've taken now, I'll even throw this to Jacob. Did you finish that Beatles thing? How, how is our guy holding up now as a creator? Oh, you know I finished that Beatles thing. Eight hours of behind-the-scenes <laughs> Beatles footage. Where I heard uh, John Lennon is film. on heroin for a lot of it. So I find yeah, that very he looks a bit strung too. out at times. He was on heroin at this point, but... Um, it's it's I think it's very watchable. I mean, it depends on how much of a Beatles fan you are going into it. The casual might get bored over you know eight or nine hours of watching this, but uh, uh, I think it holds up and it, it's it's uh, 
really interesting to watch. It's probably about as long as this trilogy or the Lord of the Rings <laughs> uh, standard version. But uh, if you're interested in seeing the creative process uh, behind one of the greatest bands of all time, like uh, there's a lot of really interesting stuff in there. It is funny that this latest Peter Jackson project is literally a film that the film itself is behind the scenes that's nine hours long. It's yeah. really come full circle. <laughs> but I mean, there's it's a lot a, of footage to go through, he so said. And, uh, he directed uh, a behind-the-scenes he- feature. <laughs> Right. And he loves making things just a little bit too long, maybe. But uh, to me, I I liked it. But But I can see people losing interest by the third one where it's like another two and a half hours of this. But then you get the rooftop uh, concert, the famous rooftop concert on top of their uh, Abbey Road or whatever. So... Yeah. yeah, it was good stuff. So, wow. that's where Peach is now. We've been exploring Peach's work from, you know, we, we obviously he's know been working Fighters on that is for, great. He's been working on that for right, a long time. A long time, yeah. But to keep it relevant to The Hobbit and the Tolkien of it all, obviously it's fairly accepted that Tolkien is one of the best, greatest, most influential writers of all time. After seeing two of these Lord of the Rings Middle Earth trilogies is Peter Jackson successes and failures included one of the greatest directors of all time hmm. i don't know if he's a greatest no. director in terms of output because when i think of the greatest directors like scorsese or uh someone like john carpenter they have years and years of work right yeah. peter jackson is mainly known for this one thing and then his other projects are pretty good but i wouldn't consider them classics or anything like that um yeah. Just a counterpoint to that, Jacob, though. I would say that if you look at like Scorsese and De Niro's work of like, you know, they have the Tribeca Film Festival. A part of New York is just in their corner and wants the best for them. I can't think of another filmmaker where an entire country literally did everything they could to make sure that you succeeded as a creative. Um, right. Peter Jackson in New Zealand is. Synonymous. Oh, absolutely one-of-a-kind thing. Some Chinese yeah. filmmakers, I think when, when we get like a super prominent Chinese filmmaker in the in the future, will probably have that country backing uh, in the same way maybe one day, but I, I, I don't know. Joe, what are your thoughts? Well, it's interesting, then? yeah. Real quick. I, was gonna I, mean, say, I mean, I think he's... Uh, I'll go for it, Jacob. Yeah, oh, just on that subject with New Zealand and Peter Jackson, like he basically put New Zealand... Uh, you know, uh, cinema on the map and yeah. the, the, the New Zealand film industry, which still today, uh, you know, a lot of Hollywood projects go there for cheaper uh, labor, which is, you know, a big problem that The Hobbit had. But uh, we, yeah. you know, we never even said Brett McKenzie, part one of two people, uh, of of the members of Flight of the Concords, who's in the Lord of the Rings films, who comes back mm. in the first Hobbit movie as the representative who comes in and goes, Gandalf, what are you doing here? You know, when, when they first come to uh, Lothriel or wherever that dumb place is, mm. uh, oh. we wouldn't have New Zealand comedy movements on HBO if it wasn't oh. for Peter Jackson as well jacob you're you're 100 right. right yeah totally yeah so joe t- yeah i i mean i think he's massively influential i think the lord of the rings trilogy is an incredible work i love some of his horror stuff but no i wouldn't put him on a, you know a, a goat level status like personally i just you know you can't uh you can't be that level to me when you devote so much time to a failure. You should have just walked away. Like you should have just walked away from the Hobbit, man. Oh yeah. You should have. I, I understand that he should have. And as Jacob has kind of brought up a couple of times here, he was kind of trapped between the studio and he did put New yeah. Zealand on the map. And then now Zealand's the go-to destination for Hollywood. Now that they're trying to exploit New Zealand, he's like, I don't want you to do that, but I need to keep the movie here. And I also don't want you to give it to some random. It's like, it sucks. It sucks that he had to do it that way. I understand, I guess, why he stayed. But Think about that, that decade. What is lost in that decade from Peter Jackson? Damn. That we got him turning out the hobbits instead. He just, he did not make enough other incredible things. I would say, right. Well, compare yeah. him to, George Lucas, you know, I wouldn't consider George Lucas right. an all-time great director. He no. created something that's like an all-time classic, right. but then would later kind of, uh, you know, go on to make things that would lessen the brand a little bit, like the prequels. He didn't even make the best Star Wars movies, <laughs> right? You know what I mean, so that's kind of how I feel about Peter Jackson. He created an all-time classic, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, but other than that, he's just a kind of a maybe above-average director. But I wouldn't put him as an all-time. I say. Like 
I, I can't say all time great. Way above average. You know, yeah. I really, I really like him. I'm not trying to like shit on Peter yeah. Jackson. I'm really not. No, but like no. him and Guillermo Toro are two guys like I really respect. But like, put, put make more movies, man. Put your put, put your money where your mouth is. Everyone. Well, wants I like Del Toro as a director. Del Toro has more uh, hits for me than misses in terms of as a director. So I put him above Peter Jackson, but yeah, I would strongly disagree because Peter Jackson made the single greatest trilogy in the history of film. At that point, it doesn't matter if you don't have a hundred home runs, you have like the single world record for the farthest three home runs back to back to back. It's better than the Godfather trilogy. Hands down. Now get out of here. It's a joke. Part three is bad, but I think Godfather part one and two are as a whole, it's better than those three. Film so, and sequel. You know, the rest of my case. But uh, yeah, it's hard because like Joe said too, what if we got Frighteners 2 instead of The Hobbits 1, 2, and 3? What if you had time right. to revisit some of that lower budget stuff? Who knows? But yeah, I, I guess it all comes down to what individual opinion and how much you value this stuff. But I was curious kind of looking at that legacy. Going forward too, and we should mention uh, uh, prior to the Beatles, he did the World War One documentary. You know, a little J.R.R. Tolkien connection there. It really mm. seems this is the world he's going to live in, or as a film historian, restorer. Uh, that seems fine. Uh, if that's what he wants, that's great. Well, he likes to throw himself into things that he's really interested in. Like with the World War One thing, I think his father, his grandfather, probably his grandfather fought in World War One. He was very interested in that. The Beatles, he was a huge Beatles fan, so he's very interested in that. So I think it seems like since The Hobbit, he's just thrown himself into passion projects and he doesn't care too much about making something commercial. He just wants to make what he makes. He still made bank he's off of these, the even if they're mediocre. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Was and then a- he wrote that London on Wheels movie. Should we say that real quick, too? Oh, the, the Mortal Engines. Did you oh, guys he wrote see that? that? Yes. He, Mortal Engines. he was developing it for a film franchise. His wow, that's uh, special from effects a young adult director. Novel series. Adapted from a young adult novel. His special effects director on The Lord of the Rings directed those movies as sort of a favor, Ooh. you know, like exe- him executive wow. producing. So I did not know that. That's crazy. Hugo Weaving is the bad guy. I mean, <laughs> Very weird vendetta. things. Wow. Uh, never forget. Head. I just remembered that. The special effects That's guy insane. from Jurassic Park and shit made Pumpkinhead. It's the only movie he ever made. He ever directed. Mm. More Legends is like that. Yeah. More Legends is that for this guy. Just a lot more Pretty bigger much. budget. <laughs> All right. Wow. Well, speaking of Mortal Engines, my Mortal Engines about to run out of steam on the, uh, <laughs> the, the world of Middle Earth. If we don't get to final thoughts right after this, the Battle of the Five Armies take a lot out of it. Tell you what. Catch you right after this. Came all this way, but now comes the day to bid you farewell. We're back, giving our final thoughts here on the third Hobbit film, a movie that until Mike keeps saying the title of, I keep forgetting what it is. That is how forgettable it is. It's the <laughs> Battle of the Five Armies. That's right. Well, just think about how many armies are in this movie called. Six of them. Oh, oh, wait, so, okay, we got six, one, six. we got two. I would two. say six or four. I wouldn't say five. No, five because it's the humans, the elves, the dwarves, and then two orc armies. I think that's no, the No, the five. eagles is the fifth army. No, the birds. Yeah, the oh, birds the, is yeah. one of them. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't know they were considered it. an army. <laughs> no, that's what Mike was saying. The the bad guys are split in two, but for some reason count as one. It does not make any sense. Yeah, yeah, but then the eagles, wow. yeah, it's, it's weird. So <laughs> there are five, however, however you slice it. Um, we're here in final thoughts. There's one thing I need to mention. Out of everything that I hate in these movies, there's one thing that I hate above all else, and that's Bard's children, and specifically (laughs) his son, and the moment where he has to use his son to aim a giant arrow off of a broken bow and arrow. Yeah, he makes an improvised bow and arrow with his son. I don't think just wedging the arrow halves into some broken wood would withstand the force but what do i know but also, i thought he was gonna like rip his kid's shoulder off and that Joe, would be exactly like the sacrifice the play he, had to make. he would oh, have yeah. the next day as that thing yeah. rug burned across his body and the feathers that's true, would, that's true. Would get in there in the book Absolutely. it's just a regular ass sized arrow and the bird just tells him where to shoot. Yeah. yeah, the bird tells him where to shoot. It was forged under the mountain, but it's just a black arrow that's oh, a family okay, heirloom. Right. 
back to no, the this second one's one. A special one of my favorite parts arrow. was when they reach up in the kitchen and it's revealed they've been using it as decoration. He pulls it down. He's like, "I'm gonna go kill that dragon." <laughs> yes. Yeah. Nope. Well, listen, Mike. You you say you know Bart's family. I'll tell you the worst fucking part of this movie mm. that we didn't even mention. We should spend as little time on as possible. Yes. The character of Alfred. Oh, uh, I was very glad we didn't mention him last time either. I, I, I didn't want to look up who. I assume it's all just British yeah. comedians because that seems book. to be who populates these. Right. Well, uh, the master of films. Lake Town was Stephen Fry, who. Right. Of course. I think the dragon falls on him and kills him in this one, yeah. which is pretty and funny. The, yeah. the dwarf cousin is Billy. What's his name? Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's I, I, I hated that guy, Jacob. Pure I, Billy. Yeah. I despised him. And they kept, him. they kept having scenes with him. I was like, okay, we get it. He's like a bad guy. <laughs> God, that guy is a coward. Okay, move on. He kept dressing like WCW. a woman. Yeah, there's some weird sure, jokes yeah, in man. there, but yeah, terrible. Yeah, bad. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Alfred's bad too. But despite all that, the time has come, I guess, for final thoughts on the Hobbits. We kind of went over it in the last segment, but anything else we want to get out? I guess I'll go first. I think I may be the one who put us on this journey. Maybe the Gandalf of the group. Uh, sending us out to watch all these films. Thanks for doing it, first of all, guys. Definitely hindsight. Only going to watch Lord of the Rings on the regular, but I do have designs <laughs> yes. on trying a fan cut of The Hobbits because I think there's something there that is even mm. shorter than four hours and is even better than what I've seen so far. So we'll see. Maybe that'll happen. Maybe that'll be just for me. But overall, uh, I've enjoyed this I've- journey and thanks for going on it with me. That's my final thoughts, basically. I think the I only like way I'll watch these movies ever again is if I get the mic cut, which I would really love to watch uh, before Lord of the Rings the next time I watch Lord of the Rings. Because that's my big takeaway is that I did really enjoy going back to those movies. Uh, and, you know, you take the good with the bad, the Hobbit's the bad, the Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings is way better good, uh, and it's it's worth it for it. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad we did it. Uh, I won't be doing it again with the <laughs> Hobbit, but uh, sure, sure. it was it was a fun adventure and yeah. uh, good good talks. Yeah, yeah, Mike. I, I was thinking about you as the guru on this one, um, and mm-hmm. I was having flashbacks to our last series that we did, the Transformer films, and I wanted to ask you two uh, <laughs> highs and lows. I I gotta say. I found myself being a lot more engaged in the stupid robots. <laughs> there were just times in this franchise where I would just sort of drift off. And I, I don't know if that's, again, if, if that was because, you know, I was kind of taking us through those. Every time I was like, oh, I know so much about the Transformers universe, blah, blah, blah. Is it, is, it, is it a case where you have to know so much about this property to love and enjoy and, and stick with it? And, and maybe that's the difference. That's I, The Hobbit's just not mine, man. Yeah, I, I think it's... It's, you know, I'm not, I didn't grow up with a Transformer film franchise, right? So, like, they can do whatever they want and it could be stupid, bad, and fun. But when I'm seeing things that are studio mandate decisions that do not add to the core story that I remember, I get far more annoyed. So, I actually, it's more painful yes. for me to watch these than Transformers. And that's that, a that thing. Is, a, lot right? of, a lot of fans might hate these worse because of, you know, what they did to them. Yeah. Uh, whereas a casual could watch them and maybe enjoy them. I still take these, I still take the Hobbit over the Transformers, which I don't think I'll ever really. I I was going to say, I think Mike is so right in the fact of there's not three good Transformers movies that everybody's like anchoring the rest against. Like when Mm -hmm. you get a good one, you're like, wow, that was a good one. (laughs) I didn't think we'd get a good one, you know? So I think that's why those work better for me, but uh, that's interesting. Jacob, I think for me, um, you know, if you compare it to like Star Wars, Harry Potter, the other series is that we've kind of done movie to movie. Mm-hmm. Anytime I watch Harry Potter, I can watch all the Harry Potters, enjoy them all. Yes. Star 100%. Wars, I can watch the prequels. I don't think they're great, but I can still rewatch them. For these ones, yeah, I'm probably never going to watch these Hobbit movies again, but I'm still glad we did it because I had never even seen the second and third ones. So I'm glad I at least experienced them so I know That's what they wild. are. But. Yeah, Lord of the Rings are obviously endlessly rewatchable for me, but uh, I'll pass on the Hobbit movies next time. <laughs> we'll give you the bow guy cut. It's just bow guy scenes. Dude, there's a lot of bow scenes, yeah. Here, here's here's six hours of about bow that. guys. <laughs> bow jams, the Jacob cut. Yeah, I love yep, it. Yep. Hawkeye. 
You just brought up a great point, though. Will I ever watch these again? And it's so true to what you said of even though there are three bad Star Wars movies, and now I would argue three more bad Star Wars movies. (laughs) At least, least, yeah. At least six and a half, maybe. (laughs) Whatever version you want to dole those out in. There are are in and out points. You know what I mean, Jacob? There are places where I can go where I'm like, I don't need to commit to all nine. Or like you said with Harry Potter, I can feel comfortable in going, I do commit to all eight of these or or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. With these, I I wonder how I'm going to approach these in the future. If nostalgia and three years will make me go, you got to do all six. Come on. That was a blast last time. Or if 30 minutes into that first one that we all hated so, so much, I'll go, "Eh, you know what? Let's just put on fellowship or, you know, like, let's just do that trilogy instead. I don't know. I think I think nostalgia is a big part of it. Like if I watched these uh, Hobbit movies when I was younger, like The Phantom Menace, I don't think it's a good movie. But I'll still rewatch it. A lot, a lot of it because of the nostalgia factor of loving it when I was a kid. So if I yeah. saw these movies at a younger age, maybe I would look back on them with more fondness. Yeah, and you know, part of the theme of uh, these film series is you know sometimes you can't recapture that that lost innocence once it goes. You know, unfortunately, right? You know, and it's hard to tell. Yeah, like I, I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan, but I would rather watch all of those than like include the Hobbit in a Lord of the Rings marathon. Like that seems like an easier <laughs> pill to swallow, right? For sure. But we did mention, um, as we're kind of getting out of final thoughts, that, you know, this looked like kind of a video game cutscene, very animated. And it got me thinking, you know, what if Middle Earth was animated? And at which point we realized that it had been. So uh, next week, pending, uh, we're going to have potentially a very special uh, look at the brief uh, animated instances of Middle Earth, including The Hobbit and uh, The Lord of the Rings, Ralph Bakshi and The Rankin-Bass Hobbit. Maybe Return of the King, if we can uh, fit those in, just to see what that looks like. Because I contend my favorite experience of The Hobbit is still that cartoon for Rankin Bass, 1977. So, um, we'll take a look at Genius that. Genius idea, Mike. I, we're all see excited we to do it. I, I would also say, Jacob has asked us our opinion on a past episode of this. Let's maybe on that one really dive into on... What do we think of this Amazon series? What's the future Lord of the Rings? All, all that jazz, too. I think that'll be a nice... We, we did a little bit of our wrap-up here, but a nice little bow to, again, our months-long celebration that this has been of Middle-Earth, Lords of November, an unexpected December, the Normies Like Us journey uh, uh, that we've been going on our little fellowship here, which I got to say has been a hoot. These, these, we, we've been talking <laughs> a lot about our history, our love, where we were. It's, 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 it's been a full spectrum, this series, yeah. uh, listeners. So I, I appreciate that. Yeah, That's likewise. Great. It's been great. And thanks for coming along. Be sure to check out the YouTubes. Jacob's putting together the videos. We get the episodes out a uh, week ahead, social media, all that good stuff. Uh, hit us up on your plan tier. Uh, you know, if you got one. Yeah. I guess that's, that's right. it. Battle of four yeah. normies. Mm-hmm. We've been your hosts. Uh, this is Colin the Skin Changer. I'm back. I dropped down for a badass fight scene in this one. Nice. Um, I'm, I'm Mike Lee, and it hurts so much. <laughs> Leg loss gone for good. That was the last time good. you'll ever get him. <laughs> this is Jacob Gast the Brown. Uh, I'm the best wizard that everybody loves. Thanks, Normies. See you next week. (laughs) Bye. The greatest adventure is what lies ahead. And they'll do that next week. See you, Normies. (laughs) And stuff. My name is Gandalf the Grey, and I'm imploring you to leave a like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Don't keep it secret. Don't keep it safe. Don't take me as a conjurer of cheap tricks, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Normies Like Us. Fly, you fools!